Right. All because they screwed up. All because they are whiny bitches. Oh, wait, did I say whiny bitches? I mean, um, well, Cunts. yeah. <laughs> Something oh. like that. <laughs> you can edit it out. Right. right, I can put a bleep there like, uh, what's that guy's name? Tim. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, what's up with him and cunts? I don't know. I think we should. Does he not like cunts? He, I know. I don't know. He's married. Come on, Tim. Cunts. Cunts are where it's at, I think. <laughs> That's going to be the new shirts if you haven't printed them already for Comic Con. Comicsonline.com. Cunts are where it's at. go-to 10 and you yes. know and then you know that's and then hilarity ensues and that's great do beep loop spoiler alert you're listening to the comics online podcast season 9 episode 14 comic cons past recorded june 11th 2009 this episode kevin is joined by dune and carl Topics include E3 and video games, comic conventions through the years, piracy, and podcasting. And he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth, and when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voice. Converting earthly language into thrust. As you kneel before Ozawa, Legend of Zelda's turn to dust. Podcasting from the future like your time was dead and gone. And we rock the best site like ComicsOnline.com. Level 12 cybernetics, vibranium power acts. You communicate with snail mail while we wireless adapt. We are more than easy eyes, we descend to blow your spot. You're a copy of better tech like your name was GoBots. You hoping for iTunes, but little noob, you in the danger zone. We're all the best leaders like Sepinter on his throne. Written by Stan the Man, don't you ever try to serve the new guys of this book like we were drawn by Jack Kirby. Hunger like Sinistar, consumer culture, then Galactus. Final Fantasy domination with our super geeky tactics. From the days of Marconi to Buffalo Loud and Best in City. You can hear us on every radio, so hit it by city. From leaping tall builders to going off like gamma bombs. Switch your internet browser to comicsonline.com. Hello again and welcome to Comics Online Podcast Season 9, Episode 14. I'm your host, Kevin Goswan, and with me today, I've got Dune Murderous. And Carl. Hey. And so we've got the three of us here today. We are recording Thursday, June 11th, 2009, and we're thinking, hey, you know what? There's not a hell of a lot going on. I mean, besides comics, you know, comics are every week, right? We'll hit those, of course. But there's not a hell of a lot going on in, in other uh, geek pop culture media. It's We're kind of in a holding pattern for Comic-Con at this point. So we thought we, we might just talk a little bit about Comic-Con and, you know, our anticipation and, and stuff that's gone on. Well, and, E3 just ended. That's kind of has big geek stuff, if you pay attention to that. It is. It is. You know what? But... Man, you know, Nothing our, exciting this year. There's no new systems. There's no anything. It's just boring announcing our, games they could have announced on the internet. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Xbox 360 tried to uh, to go really nuts with that. Um, oh, what the hell is the new thing? That the new mo- uh, motion sensor control? You know? What I'm oh, the about? fake Wii. Right, the fake Wii, the the space Wii. Yeah. Um. The uh, the iToy or whatever you know. 
Yeah, but that's they've done shit like that so many times, and I don't get why they keep trying. It never has any working or anything. Right, and, oh, you know, and it's, it's yeah that that sort of technology has been failing since the '80s, and you know, and it's funny every time it comes out. Do you remember playing that that thing where you would stand in a little ring and you had a gun? Wait, wait, are you talking about for Sega? No, no, this was something. There was that you a would... Genesis uh, peripheral where you'd stand in a ring, and depending on where you uh, essentially broke a laser going up, it would make you do like a move for Street Fighter, and it just <laughs> didn't work. No, I, no, this was something that I saw. I don't think it was for a console. Um, this was its own thing where there was these full-sized, uh, these, these these platforms that you would stand on, and you would move, and it would make your character move around this virtual world. You know, you had glasses on, and you had a gun that was also... Oh, connected. like they, they had to buy the roller coaster at Mission Bay. Did they have that there? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, some terrible virtual reality place. Right, and you would, you, and the guns would fire this thing that was like a, was kind of like a Nerf gun in the virtual reality, because like you, it, it had a really poor uh, power source, because it would just kind of you had to hurl these things, you had to you had to find the the perfect arc to uh, to to send your missile to the other person to actually. So eat. like gorillas for uh, QBasic. Yeah, pretty much. Similar, yeah. I I don't remember what you're talking about. The only gorilla oh, you I didn't know, know are are the the band. <laughs> no, no, no. There was a game for Q Basic. <laughs> Do you remember Q Basic? Uh, I remember Basic Basic, where where you made oh. the little turtle drive around. No, never mind. It was like a programming thing, but there was a game where you're the whole game. I used to play all the time as a kid. It's your two gorillas. Trying to throw bananas at each other to explode the traje- trajectory, oh, but that, it's trying to teach kids to code and shit. And so you familiar. can, like, fuck with stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just remember, you know, in junior high on a Atari something or a, or a Commodore 64, you know, it was like uh, 10 print fuck, 20 go to 10. And, you yes. know, and then, you know that's, and then hilarity ensues, and that's great. Do beep loop. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, that is that is some kind of nerdy, but not fully nerdy talk. Good times. So uh, yeah, so I mean, there are some good games coming out. I understand, but you know, we we've been sucking in the gaming category lately, and we really need to get somebody in here, like Chelsea Drew, to uh, to to go and and be our gaming person. Really, I wanted Chelsea D to do it, but uh, she's like, you know what? I got to get a real job, and I can't see, I can't be seen with you people because you're too low class for for me. Well, that's uh, understandable. You can't <laughs> yeah. really get mad at that. Yeah, and I can totally understand, but you know, not I don't have to like it either. All right, all right. Um, so, uh, you know, so that's that's where we're at. Um, we 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 just got to bring even more personnel on, which is which is funny because you know, coming Comic Con. Um, you know, last year we we rolled in with 19 people and we ended up with 20 something, uh, somewhere 21, 23 people. It was kind of insane, and it was a big, you know, it was it was less of a clusterfuck than previous years, but you know, we're getting better at it, really. A little bit organized and adult. Yeah, a little bit more organized and adult. Um, you know, we you know we we fucked up some things and we got and but but we we did hit. You know, we get better and better at the interviews, and I think that's where we, we really excel. Thanks to Matt, 
Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. So Matt just does really well. Matt does. And everyone really else well. kind of failed. And yeah, um, and uh, you know, and he he jumps in where where other interviewers kind of fail, I, you know, for for reasons unknown to me. The Sci-Fi Channel had on a when when I got home from from work at seven in the morning, they had. Um, a true calling uh, marathon, and of course, I slept through the entire thing. <laughs> they have that. They have that every couple of weeks, though. Oh, do they? Some days is threshold. Some days it's outer limits. Some days it's true calling. Yeah, they they throw different ones on different days. Yeah, I I probably should have recorded it just because there's nothing else to record these days. Man, I've been watching the hell out of some Xena. Seriously. Yeah, dude. <laughs> totally serious. That's awesome. I got a new work computer, and I'm like, ah, I don't have to just sit and listen to podcasts. I got Netflix. What entire series is on there? I was like, Xena. I like all the Evil Dead crew, who it's everyone from fucking Evil Dead. Oh, seriously? Yeah, it's uh, Rob Taper, same producer, and then some of them are like directed by Bruce Campbell and shit, and Sam Raimi's the executive producer. Damn. So it's just like a giant Evil Dead reunion, then with just ridiculousness and something about women being good at stuff. I don't remember. Right, and isn't isn't Ted Raimi like the dorky guy in that? Yeah, yeah. Ted Raimi's thrown in everything. Right, Joxer. Joxer. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Ah, flawless Lucy Lawless. You gotta love it. I do like reading about it that she says in interviews openly that they're supposed to be lesbians. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you know that's kind of interesting in in of itself because you know who doesn't love lesbians? The gays. Oh well, maybe they're in a constant battle <laughs> for supremacy over yeah gayness. Yeah, I just went to a dog adoption place. And it was all gay guys and little dogs. Wait, I actually have a chihuahua on my lap right now. Never mind, but still. Is that what so he gay. is? He's like a Jack Russell Terrier chihuahua mutt. Okay, I thought he was some kind of mutt thing. Yeah, he's just a little mutt. Gotcha. Yeah, we're going to go and, and, and hit up uh, the uh, the pound at some point to get, to get Donnie a little friend because... You know, he he walks around here stinky and lonely an awful lot, so. My dog's all bonded to me, though. It's like, he comes to work with me and stuff, you know? So it's not like he's ever not with me, oh. which doesn't say much for me. But, yeah, he comes into my work, like, every day, or he's with Kelly here. Wow. Yeah. Little spoiled little dog. I guess. Yeah. Um, good times. Good times. So, uh... What the hell are we talking about? Oh yeah, so games. Yeah, so I would really love to to go and and have a, a games editor. You know, if you look at our our anime and manga section these days, you know the guy that I brought on just recently, Andy. They are doing such an awesome job. They go and and just review the shit out of everything that comes out, uh, anime and manga wise. My point is, we should have more video games than Yaoi. Right. Right, yeah, we got for once. For once, um, our pretty much our our site is just too yaoi laden. No, wait, we don't have any of that as far as I know. But if we do, that's okay. It's not that there's anything wrong with that. 
besides it being a little bit creepy. Um, the only thing wrong with it is the fact it's a little wrong. Yeah. But like, you know, whatever. But whatever, you know. But what's, the, what's this crap with, uh, there's two, two things we're supposed to review and all they're sending us is the last discs? Oh, you know what? And here's the thing. Fox, you know, Fox is a great studio, right? They put out a lot of good stuff. They've been around for freaking ever. And, you know, they, you know, they, they publish a ton of great movies. However, whoever's in charge, whoever's signing off on their review merchandise is just ridiculously paranoid. I mean, I, I, I imagine this guy or girl is going around with one of these aluminum foil helmets to keep people from uh, reading their brain and, and downloading uh, movie content directly out of their brain. Wait, didn't we learn from Wolverine that piracy doesn't really change anything? You know, we should have learned that. and Because so, uh, Wolverine was awful, was pirated more than anything with a better copy, and still did awesome in the theaters. Right. Like, that is insane. Right. Everyone knew it sucked. Like, we firmly knew it was a bad movie, and people still went to go see it. Right. And, you know, and, and, and it's only people like me who, who didn't download it just because I'm too lazy. Yeah, I just I just thought that was kind of cheesy because you know, I mean, I watch Burn Notice, so it's easy. It's you know, it's easy to 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 review it. But it's like, what the hell are they only sending the last one? And it doesn't even cover all of the freebies. It's not or all the all the special features. Right, that's true. It only has like the well, it's it's specific to that disc because there's things on all four discs. Exactly. That you know, different commentaries for for things that are on that on that one disc, different episodes, and del- there's several deleted scenes, for, you know, specific to each disc. So it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna get, I'm gonna review the last Come four here. last four Come episodes here. of the season. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. I just think it's kind of cheesy. It is, and it's ridiculous, and you know, and everybody politely laughs at them, but but really. I- I, they just really need to get with the program and 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 wake up to 2009 and say, you know what, that doesn't help. You know, you're you're not helping yourself. You're hurting yourself. People are talking trash. Um, you know, people, uh, you know, look at you like you're a fucking imbecile. Uh, to to put it quite bluntly, um, if if you're pulling shit like that. Um, because, because really that just, you just make yourself look ignorant, you know, and you're supposedly a leader, you're supposedly a, uh, you know, part of the, uh, uh, you know, you're one of the biggest, um, studios out there and yet, you know, you're going to act like a fool. Uh, you know, how, how are people going to respect you? I just, I don't get it. Um, you know, and, and it's not like... That that's just not going to help. That's not going to help to to combat piracy. Um, and the other thing too is it's it's only hurting them in the sense that it's not like it's any cheaper for them to send out you know the one disc, right. you know, and it's just it's hurting the reviews that they're going to get on shit overall sales. You know, it's going to be if you get you know dozens of shitty reviews like I would have given this a five except for I don't even know what's going on with it and I can't review shit I don't have I'm going to give it a three You're, the reviews and the, the sales related to the reviews are going to hurt them way more than a little bit of piracy that's that I don't even think the reviewers are doing because you're anal and you want the fucking and you want to keep getting shit from them you know right it's like dude I, I am never in a million years going to go and, and pirate any of the shit that we're getting so you know uh, but you know 
if if Fox were to were to send me the last disc in a series, and I'm like, shit, I have not seen any of these, especially you know, I haven't I haven't seen the the premiere, you know, I don't know I don't know what this is all about. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna look around online. Oh, is it on Hulu? Oh, nope, it's not on Hulu anymore. Only the last four are on there. Well, that's the same ones that I've got on my disc. Well, shit, what am I gonna do? Oh, let's see. Hey, Nomad, do you got some torrents? <laughs> and then, oh, well, then oh, then you kept it seeding by accident when you passed out drunk. So it was, uh, people downloaded it. Your share ratio was through the charts, right. all because they screwed up. All because they are whiny bitches. Oh wait, did I say whiny bitches? I mean, um, well, Cunts. yeah, <laughs> something oh. like that. <laughs> you can edit it out. Right, right. I can put a bleep there. Like, uh, what's that guy's name? Tim. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. What's up with him and cunts? I don't know. I think we should. Does start... he not like cunts? He. I know. I don't know. He's married. Come on, Tim. Cunts. Cunts are where it's at. I think. <laughs> That's gonna be the new shirts if you haven't printed them already for Comic Con. Comicsonline dot com. Cunts are where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I I listen to you know because I don't know shit about you know, England and all that shit. You know, I just kind of know what my grandmother says, and she's obviously not going to say cunt. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I was under the impression from listening to the Comic Racks podcast that, you know, cunt was just a really, a much more mild term in the UK than it is here. It is. No, I asked them, and they're like, no, really, it's the worst word here, too. (laughs) Yeah. They're just like, no, we're just, uh, you know, we're just kind of... uh, you know, we just wear a lot, basically. Like, all right, you know, a couple of girls saying cunts all the time. I'm down. I like it. Huh, what ninny cunts. Right. I I guess, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a ninny's only been used in Monty Python, but... Yeah, I think that, that was a little bit archaic. But anyway, um, so yeah, so Comic-Con. So, uh, so what's everybody uh, looking forward to for, for this year? I am the worst Comic-Con patron ever, though, just because I like panels, I don't like to participate, and I like just walking the floor endlessly for hours. Like, I don't like to do anything. If there's a line for something, even though, like, even like a panel, I just don't want to deal with it. I'm lazy like that, too. I don't want to talk to anyone or have anyone talk to me. Oh, so you're going to be really useful when we get there. No, I'll do the I'll do the podcast after and write stuff. I can write stuff without having to be talked to. Oh, all right. That's what socially I did last awkward. year. I, I, I went to a bunch of panels last year and just reported what I saw. Yep, that that is exactly what Carl did. Me and Carl are the eyes and ears. You and Nomad are the uh, mouths and genitals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, if if you noticed last year, the thing everything that went up. The interviews were Matt's. Right. Nobody wrote about panels. They saw what was coming up in comics or movies or TV or anything. No, and, I did. I did, and you did. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think I think we broke the story about Wolverine coming out. You know, Hugh Jackman being there. And- yeah, I was definitely one of the one of the first people to put that up because, like, I just I just posted it with nothing with practically nothing. I was like, here you go. Yeah, well, you, had, yeah. <laughs> you had my picture that you, because I had my camera right there. Yep. Twitter is going to ruin that one for this year, though. It really is. Yeah, Twitter is going to be so huge, and the new the new iPhone. Yeah, that's that's the big deal. The new iPhone that's about to come out on the nineteenth. Um, you can edit and post 
to uh, to YouTube straight from the camera. I mean, straight from the phone, whatever the hell it is, straight from the device. So nothing matters now. Yeah. There's no way to break a story because 600 people already broke it in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, but you know what? We just have to, you know, as you know, as press, we just have to go and uh, you know go to the press only things, and that's going to be what's thrilling. Because because really, before there were a ton of people posting the same panels. You know, if you wanted to see the Kevin Smith panel, you could see you know five different people had recorded it. Yeah, and posted it to YouTube. Um, you know, and the funny thing was, the best one wasn't any of the ones on YouTube. It's the one that Sci-Fi Channel did. Hmm. Yeah, kind of wacky. Yeah, because yeah. so, I think they had more than one camera, so you know they could go, you know, tight and wide. Yeah, how I like my women. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, see, my, my my philosophy on the panels is is I I avoid the big ones. You, you go you go to the big ones, it's all stuff you're going to hear anyway at some point. That's why I prefer the little ones. I, I did um, Repo, the genetic, the genetic Opera, and the Big Bang Theory panel. and That's true, yeah. You were, you were hitting the less popular ones. I went to the well, sad, the sad... Eureka panel, panel. I went to something after the Eureka panel, I remember. But, yeah, I went to the sad, sad Michael Turner funeral panel. Was, Seriously? Yeah, oh, Kelly's into Michael Turner. Yeah, right. that, was, that was that was sad. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go party at Comic Con last day. I'm gonna get." Oh man, that guy's dead. Oh yeah, he was so young. Yeah, you want to go and uh, get, get get her the autograph? Oh wait, ah, <laughs> wait, I did buy her something autographed at, at I think at Comic Con that year by him. Oh damn, yeah, that's depressing. Yeah. I was just I was just listening to. Uh, how to Steal a Comics episode one this morning. Where it was good. That was uh, a solid episode. It was a solid episode. It was pretty good. I was in, you know, hoping. I, I went and looked just to see if if Nomad had post posted seven and eight, but he hasn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. When he's done editing, it'll go up sometime. Eventually, one of these. Days. Luckily, nothing's topical because nothing's about comics. Oh right, yeah. What what's he doing now? I don't hear much from him. Uh, he was in school and doing all sorts of stuff with the Japanese program people. You know, Japanese stuff. That's not, but no anime apparently. Because <laughs> he he doesn't like anime. Yeah. But everything else with Japanese stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> he just he just likes Japanese bitches. I think. He likes the country. He likes he likes the dance dance revolution. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's uh, it's exciting. So anyway, um, what the hell else? Yeah, Comic Con, more stuff. Yeah, Comic Con. Uh, so 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 Dune. So what was it? When was the first Comic Con that you went to? Whether it was this Comic Con or some other Comic Con. I think I've been going consistently since I was probably eight or nine every year. Oh, nice. So long time. Back when I remember, like one year, I had I was a little kid and had my aunt take me and knew nothing, and she uh, she had like just a baby and was all like super conservative and accidentally led me down the old school porn aisle. Remember? Oh, not yeah, the porn aisle where it was... that was from years ago, and I remember freaking out. So I don't even know when they got rid of the porn aisle, but yeah, I've been going just kind of consistently since I was young. And yeah, good times, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you been to other conventions? Nope. Really? That's that's the only one, huh? Nah, I, I don't really. I don't like to move or do things. Okay. Oh, what's up with that Disney convention that I will move and do things for? Oh, um, crap. I don't even remember. I, you know what? I just totally ignored that. And, uh, every other email I've sent in the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. All of them ignored. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. I, I got to check that out again. Remind me after we're done here and I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> check it out. What about you, Carl? Uh, Comic-Con 1992. I I had I wasn't even reading comics at the time. I went because my uh, two stepsons, uh, one of them had an X Men comic, one had a Punisher comic, and they swore they were getting into comics, and I needed to take them. <laughs> so so went went down to the convention center one Saturday one Saturday afternoon. Had no idea what was going on. Paid our eight dollars, eight dollars. I think it was eight dollars for me and four for them. And went in, and then it was just, I just fell in love again. I, you know, bought some old Silver Surfers. I was like, I know you, you're Vampirellas. How do you know that? Because I read you when I was a kid when, you know, the old Warren magazines. and Yeah, eerie and creepy and. Well, the Vampirella and eerie and, yeah, yeah, yeah all of those. And then I decided I needed some more Silver Surfer comics, and I found Comic City, and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That, that Comic-Con was, rules. It, it does. And then for a while, I was going there essentially just buying, like, not even rare, not interesting, just whatever appealed to me, action figures for, like, all through, like, high school and junior high. Like, that's what I was, not high school, but, like, junior high and, like, ninth grade. I was just buying figures for some reason. I would have done that had they had figures that didn't suck, because, like... When I no, was, I was buying shitty figures, like Lord of the Rings figures when the first, like, Fellowship came out and, like, X-Men and shit like that. Well, no, but, I mean, you know, if you if you figure, when I was in junior high, like, I was in seventh grade and, what, like, seventh and eighth grade, uh, the figures that were out were, like, uh, Secret Wars. Um, yeah. I've, got, I've still got Falcon in my living room right here. He's, Dude, I got Secret Wars Captain America in package right here. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I got, I got Falcon. He's, he's permanently on vacation. Um, he, he, he sits in this, this, pl- in this, uh, uh, plant, um, you know, with, that looks like a palm tree. And so he's he maxing out. Yep. He's just hanging out. He's always on vacation. He sit he's sitting there with his dog. Red wing, you know, flew off, but you know, he's sitting there with his dog, you know, chilling, but I got him. Um, I, I had captain America. I, I have since I think lost him and, uh, you know, several other ones. I know. I yeah, I thought those would be worth something too. I bought the Captain America on eBay for like twenty five bucks in package, like good condition. Yeah, like recently, like a not even that long ago, like a year ago or something. Yeah, it's and it, sad. And, it, and it's got the little lenticular shield that came with it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead of having Captain America shield like he should, all of them came with the shield that were that had a little lenticular card in them. Yeah, Steve Rogers not really looking like Steve Rogers. And then it turns out oh, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. But um, yeah, it was a good time. So I so I bought those at Alpha Beta in Tierra Santa, um, uh, or there was there was this like dollar store there. Um, and then I got those, and I got like Star Ears. Do you remember Star Ears? You probably have no idea what. No idea. Um, there was this awesome mini series that 
uh, seem to exist only to support a really terrible toy um, that that was written by... I, I wish I could remember who wrote it, but it was written by a legit uh, writer, and I believe the art was Bill Sienkiewicz. Um, and so it was this really you know, strange and out of place Marvel, um, limited series. But anyway, so I bought all the, uh, the toys because the, the limited series was, was awesome, but each one was like a robot. And then the head, um, I don't know, there was something like the head opened or something. And I think there was like, uh, I think there were like Zoids where they, where there was a person inside. Um, it wasn't candy. Yeah, it wasn't candy. And then, uh, and then each one of them. Because that's how my Blackberry is. That's why I get my cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> and each one of them had a, uh, some chest weapon that just seemed completely useless, where it was like, oh, one guy's got a drill in his chest. And like, you're like, what? Why? You know, and the other guy's got a saw in his chest. He's an archaeologist. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. They're all. Yeah. Anyway, carpenters, right? And so that basically my my point is that's that's the level of excitement that I had when I was in late junior high and early high school, and uh, you know I only wish they had things like the um, the Marvel and DC figures that are out today, or even when you were in you know that age. Cause I yeah, because I got to go in the prime because I was I was the kid when the, the uh, Spawn figures came out that made raised the bar for all action figures forever. They really, did. you know. And that was like the shit. As soon as as soon as McFarland got to action figures, and it's like holy fuck! Like Spawn was like the coolest thing action figure wise. Obviously not comic wise. Yeah, I mean, really, the, for the most part, or at least the ones that McFarland was writing, this you know Spawn was kind of crappy and just stupid, and uh, you know I just don't have any respect for it to speak of. Um, but the figures were amazing. But he, that dude could design some figures like yeah. mad. I saw an interview with him like a long time ago on some fucking random cable show. Yeah. And uh, it was the saddest thing ever. His house was all like baseball shit. And it was just him talking about how he's like in the minors playing baseball. And all he wants to do is play baseball. <laughs> and he's just a nerd. Or he's just surrounded by nerds all the time and so disappointed in his life. Damn. Or remember he bought all those baseballs that... um. God, the year the year that the home run record was broke or something, and he spent millions of dollars on baseballs that are worthless now. Yep. <laughs> what? I didn't know about this. Yeah, yeah. He was he was buying up all the all the record breaking baseballs. Like so, so one would break the record, and he would buy it for a ton of money. And then the, in that same season, somebody else would break the record, and he would buy that ball too. Yeah, I think it was Sosa McGuire that year. Yeah. Oh. And he spent millions on them. And now they're all worthless because everybody was doing juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Todd McFarlane. And then Neil Gaiman beat him in court. And, uh, you know, go Neil Gaiman. Yeah, everyone likes Neil, McGaiman, Neil Gaiman and no one likes Todd McFarlane. I just called Mick Gaiman. Right. Like a terrible meal at McDonald's. It's, well, that's that's just the, the toy prize inside. Ooh, the McGayman. <laughs> right. Well, it's only sort of sold in certain markets. Yeah, you, my house. Yeah, over there. My hood. Over there. I meant my neighborhood. Yeah, over, over there in North Park. Yes. So well, at least uh, McFarland's not Liefeld. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm starting to like Liefeld so much as as the underdog that everyone hates. That's... Like I'm starting to be like wanting to buy his like original art and stuff. Damn. That's like the indie hipster in me that I'm just like, like the same part of me that hates when any band gets famous that right. makes me want to buy everything Liefeld's ever done and be like, ah, 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 ah. Oh, damn. You, you know what I was thinking? And uh, maybe this year we could go and, and you know how we're, we're having such a hard time getting art for our, our, our shirts. Maybe, maybe this year we could commission some art from somebody like Liefeld. To go and just get you done, you and Matt. Yeah, to 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 go on the back of our shirts for for 2010. Such a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, that that should be the plan. Um. <laughs> How well do Christian comics pay? I don't know. <laughs> Does he have money to do it right now? Like you may be able to. Right, yeah. I don't think those Christian comics really went went over well. Did I don't know what I was listening to. I don't know if it was uh, a panelologist or somebody uh, grabbed an interview, uh, an audio interview with him. Yeah, it was them. It was them. It yeah. just sounded bad. I was like, oh, I feel so bad for this poor bastard. He seems so disconnected too. Yeah. Yeah, he really does. You're like, dude. I mean, well, you know, and he seemed disconnected before. I think he just kind of lives in his own reality, and you know, whatever. There's a lot of people. Well, he said he do. comes from a long line of ministers. That's not going to make you a normal dude growing up. I saw Seventh Heaven. Those kids had issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love those Seventh Heaven girls. I mean, episodes. <laughs> yeah, Ruthie. No, no. See, you just think. Oh man. Well, you, there was just there was just one episode with uh, what's her, what's the middle one, Lucy? Yeah, I saw her at Disneyland. Her head is completely round. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I saw this one episode where it, where it was like she was she was at school and she was getting off of school and she was walking down some stairs and talking on the cell phone to her dad and her, you know, she was getting a little bouncy bounce going on. Yeah. So like, yeah, Lucy, this was before she got married and pregnant. And I think she was pregnant in real life because she was looking the part. <laughs> her head is completely, completely round. That's awesome. That's it's like that. someone was holding the shift key and <laughs> circular selecting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Photoshop jokes. They never get old. No, they don't. Yeah. I agree. Oh! Oh, it's Kelly. Kelly, no, what's going on? No, Kelly's no this isn't that. Kelly. Who is it? Carl's daughter. What? Is this Elizabeth? Yeah. Elizabeth, what's going on? Not much. What's going on with you? We're doing a little podcasting. Are you joining oh. us? Oh, I just wanted to say hello to everyone. Oh, we were talking about yeah, Seventh Heaven and her round head. Yeah, well, I was yeah. m you know my my little barb there was going to be well, if she's got a round head, then Liefeld would have no problem drawing her. Oh, oh. yeah. If she has extreme scoliosis, Liefeld would have no problem drawing her. <laughs> Oh, poor Liefeld. Uh, yeah, so anyway. He can draw much better than both of us combined. Oh, that's sad. You know, once upon a time, I was a halfway decent artist. Not a comic artist, but, like, I could paint. But Really? I, yeah, I'm really out of practice. Yeah, I went to... I took a lot of classes in, in school and was pretty, pretty... I was getting to the point where I was 
fairly decent, but then, I don't know, catastrophe struck, and I lost my, my antique paint set and all of my equipment, and, uh, yeah. It was all my art equipment is Illustrator and Photoshop. It's very convenient. Right, and ever since, that's been the case with me. That's how I do all my boxy art. That's very, very complicated. <laughs> Man, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So last last episode, we we talked a lot about boxies. That's pretty cool. I can't. We can't wait until the next one comes out. Let me. Tell we you. we started doing the writing for it, which it's going to be shorter this time, so uh, people watch it all the way through every time. <laughs> and uh, but, we, but we, then we were drinking juice, <laughs> and then we got distracted. Uh, but, that'll that'll do it. Yeah, the juice will do it. Yeah. So, um, what the hell else were we talking about? Yeah, so it would be pretty pretty cool if we got some commissioned art. I'm gonna see see what it is we can we can pull off. You know, Dude, I got my sweet commissioned art, and that was like twenty bucks with color. Exactly. You know, so that was what I was thinking. We could go and get. I some. still have that same artist thing. That wasn't a bad artist for that price. Who was the artist? I don't know some girl of deviant art. <laughs> oh right, right. I forget. Yeah, I forgot about that art. I, I mean, there's t- there's tons of good artists down in Artist Alley. Yeah, and you know what the funny thing is, uh, Matt's girlfriend is going to be one of them. What girls can't do art? Yeah, crazy talk. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I would. You know, I, I probably should have thought of that before and said, "Hey, Megan, do do us some art." But I didn't, and we're getting getting down to the wire, so we got to make it happen. Anyway, um, so, so, so what? So what's it, what's everybody's one favorite thing? The one the one thing that that they have to do at con. The floor. I, I know it's cheesy, but I, all I care about is walking the floor every time, just up and down six thousand times, and somehow I miss something every loop and got to go back. Yeah, don't I, don't you don't you hate that you 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 get done you sure you've seen everything you've walked the floor your feet are swollen yeah and, and it's the one fucking and, and, thing and, you're and, gonna buy and then, and then on 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 Monday you're sitting in the comic book store and somebody comes in and goes oh did you see such and such you're like no yes. where was it and they're ta- I was by there three times where I didn't see it yep totally fucking Comic Con damn Comic-Con. I remember last year there was. We bought one of those giant Yoshis that are like life-size Yoshi, right? Bear with me here for a second, right? So Yoshi is the dragon from Mario? Yes. Yeah, yeah, but it's like a life-size. It's like three and a half feet tall. Yeah. But the prices were like drastically different. We forgot which one it was cheaper at. Uh-huh. And it was like it was like a twenty five dollar difference. Like one of them's like thirty five bucks, and one of them was like sixty bucks. So we're like, oh damn! So, but we went to the wrong one. But they are literally on either side. You know, like one side of it. You know, like the middle is all the big stuff, and then each side they have like normal like vendors and normal people selling shit. Yeah. And we went walked back and forth on the floor at, like on Sunday twice. It was the most miserable experience of my life. Oh damn. The floor is so awful when you're actually trying to get somewhere, like when a panel starts in like 10 minutes and you have to like meet your friend and then go. And it's just like almost horrible death march through it, the crowd. It, it is horrible. Pool. Like last year, I, I was a little bit, uh, I don't know, I took, I, I bit off more than I could chew and I was, I was trying to get so many things done. And it was funny. I don't know if you, you were probably not there, but uh, on the Friday night, like we, we, were, we were doing so well. And then on the Friday night, I just completely melted down um, when it turned out that we couldn't um, we couldn't do our giveaway because like we were gonna go and uh, my friend's band was playing at um, Dick's Last Resort, 
Mm-hmm. And so we were going to go and, and do giveaways at Dick's Last Resort. And we had announced it and, you know, and everything was going to be a big deal. But then the people at Dick's were not surprisingly, I suppose, complete dicks. And we're like, no, you need, you know, you can't sit here. I was what? like, dude, we're, yeah. Because they were like, no, you got to go stand in line out in the back. I'm like, dude, I'm with the band and we're, we're, we're trying to give away a bunch of prizes here tonight. And they're like, we could give a shit less. You know, I hate the, even the concept of Dick's Last Resort. I don't even like when my waiter looks at me in the eye, let alone insults me on purpose. Right. Well, you know, I used to love to go there, but like last year at Comic-Con, I was like, I I don't think I can put up with this anymore. I think I'm just, I don't know, I'm just too old and crabby to fucking put up with that type of shit. And I was just about to fucking flip out. Like, I, I, I'm seriously, I'm a complete pacifist and just an all-around, you know, nonviolent guy. But... I just about punched that fucker. I mean, really. Should have. Yeah, you know, and I was like, I mean, the guy was just just completely fucking out of line with the way he was talking to me, and uh, and I was. I am Kevin from ComicsOnline.com. Right, and you know, I can I I can yeah, you know, and of course you can't say something idiot like that, but um, and so I was just like, all right, you know what. I just better just get up and leave. And I was like, okay, we're leaving. And, you know, and, and Julia and my sister and, uh, I don't know, whoever else was with me, my son. And, uh, uh, you know, and and they're like, well, why are we leaving? I'm like, dude, dude, I don't even want to talk about it. Let's just go. Let's just go. (laughs) Didn't even copy your son a drink? No, no, didn't even do that. Sure. What? We love you too, Elizabeth. Um, and Franklin. Yeah, and Franklin. I don't know why, but we do. <laughs> Franklin, your coat looks beautiful. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey Donnie, you stink. I don't even know oh! I don't even know where you're at, but I can probably smell you from here. No, I can't. He's not in this room then. Man, I tell you He's... the dog hmm? I, we oh I can hear him now. We wa- uh Julie washed him. And two days later, he stank like ass. I don't How know. big is he? He's a Lhasa Apso. He's, I don't know what that is. He's 21 pounds. Was that pig Latin? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like uh, Tibetan. Oh, so he's, still, he's a little dog too, though. He's a, he's a, he's a fuzzy foot warmer. Oh, because our little dog's easy to wash, but he has short hair. Yeah, he's going to throw him in the shower and rub some baby shampoo on him. Yeah, that's pretty much what we do, but he's got long hair, and so he's, it's kind of a pain. And you're not supposed to wash him, like, all the time. Um, like those dreadlock dogs? Well, no. I mean, you're not supposed to give him dread. <laughs> you're supposed to brush him all the time, but you're not supposed yeah. to wash him all the time. My brother's getting one of those ugly dreadlock dogs. That sounds horrible. Dreadlock <laughs> dogs? What's a dreadlock dog? Those are the ones you see <laughs> walking the streets in Tijuana. No, no, they got they have like natural giant dreadlocks. Have you seen like the cover of Beck's album for Odelay with the little dog jumping over something? It's a dog and the hair like naturally goes into giant locks. They're not like dirty. There's they're dreadlock dogs. That sounds awful. No, <laughs> they're cute. They're so ugly. They're cute like pugs. My I was gonna I think, say it sounds hideous. Yeah, I think my dog would <laughs> my dog gets dreadlocks and then we have to cut them out other before we take him to get groomed, otherwise a groomer looks at looks at us like we're uh you know, abusing him. Uh, you should say, groomer has it, you suck. <laughs> so, so I have been, um, 
than going to Comic Con. This year is is a big year for me. Um, as far as Comic Con goes, my my first year was in nineteen eighty. Prohibition. Prohibition. Yeah, it was during Prohibition. Um, I was prohibited from spending any of my money uh, because my allowance at the time. No. Um, anyway, I uh, I was twelve, um, and that means this one will be my. 25th Comic-Con. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Did they have indoor plumbing back then? Hey, shut up, you, <laughs> Grandpa Carl. You couldn't even smell the difference at Comic-Con if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, good times. Yeah. So, well, see, and, and this was back in the day when it was at um, the uh, the Civic Center. Um, now, you know, obviously it started out someplace altogether different. I think it started out at the El Cortez, um, which is kind of funny. Um, it was like 1970 in the El Cortez, um, or at least uh, maybe the, maybe the first one was someplace else, but the, uh, for, for the first few years after that, it was, um, at the El Cortez hotel where, uh, circumstantially, um, my grandfather, uh, worked at the El Cortez as some sort of uh, I'm, I'm nerd wrangler. Nah, chef. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, and I imagine what was reality was he worked in the kitchen because yeah, <laughs> he was a chef. Did he have a big hat or a hairnet? I have no idea because it was it was before before I was born. But yeah, he he died before I was born, so I don't know. I don't even think I've ever seen a picture of this guy. Oh damn! Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, supposedly he worked there during during that era. Um, did did Kendrick get back from San Diego yet? No, no, he'll be there until at least after Comic Con. Oh, he's he's been here that long, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I, I think I saw him at my dealer spot. I'm just saying. Hey. So- <laughs> 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 no, it's cool. He was only buying a nickel, dude. He's fine. <laughs> Oh, 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 that's so wrong. Yeah, that's thanks, dude. Um, but I can imagine if someone saw Franklin there. Yeah, I would die. Just Kevin. Kevin won't sleep between now and con. <laughs> Just take photos. That's all I ask. All right, fine. You know I'm proficient with the photo shoot. Right, with your uh, what's that called? What's your little video camera called? The flip, I love that thing. I'll have that con. That thing's so nice and takes such a good picture for being absolutely tiny. Yeah, they they uh, they sell those on Woot a lot these days. I know. I'm so mad. Yeah, um, yeah. Those were those came up on the the last Woot off. What's Woot? It's a uh, Woot. Uh, Woot is a is a it's a website that sells an item every day. They actually they they say they only sell one item every day, but in reality they sell like four items every day. They have, no, they don't. Yeah, they sell it. Woot. They sell. Oh, one woot thing. shirt, woot wine. Yeah, shirt, woot wine, woot, and um, sell out woot. I won't even recognize wine woot until they have a, their own separate malt liquor woot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, malt liquor woot. That's coming, I'm sure. Um. So anyway, yeah. So so uh, twenty five or well twenty four years ago was the first time that I uh, that I went to Comic Con. I went with my friend Chung. He's like, dude, you got to go. Apparently, he had gone the previous year. Um, 
And uh, he was like, dude, we got to go. You know, our my, my mom will drop us off. I was like, great. So we go and get in the, uh, get in the fam mobile. And then everyone's mom was dropping them off no matter what their age was at that point. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you felt right at home. It was so small. You know, it was so small at that point. It was, uh, you know, and of course it was big to them because it was like, hey, we've got both halls of the Civic Center. They're like, whoa, you know. Yeah. It was it was like, you know, take any, well, each hall was about the size of Ballroom 20 at the at the Comic-Con. All right. And so basically twice the size of that, um, which is, you know, it's it's respectable. Don't get Decent. me wrong. You know, and the, but the hallways were, you know, the aisleways were huge. You know, it was like, you know, these little islands of, uh, you know, of dealers. And it was all uh, a bunch of scary looking guys. A bunch, a bunch of car. Imagine Carl cloned about, uh, you know, a couple dozen times. And, uh, you know, with various uh, levels of seediness um, and, uh, you know, you had Pirate Carl, you had, uh, you know, you had Standard. Uh, uh, I know I have the whole place. Right, right. Yeah, all of them. And, um, you know, and so they, you know, and they all had their, you know, a couple dozen boxes of uh, of old comics and, you know, and then a, a bunch of comics across the top that they were jealously guarding. Um and uh, once nomad would inevitably steal right <laughs> <laughs> oh man so anyway yeah i went to that you know i went to that first con and i was hooked i went to that one and then i went to a couple others like right after that i went to the uh, uh down at the scottish right in mission valley they had the christmas con which is which was tiny i mean you know there was like eight or ten tables in the whole place and it was just ridiculous. Um, you know, it was, you know, you're just kind of walking around in circle. There was like a dealer Island in the middle and then they had tables all the, all around the outside. And that was, that was the con. And I was like, man, I paid five bucks to get into this. <laughs> I was like, wow. So went to that. Um, and then, uh, I want to say that the following year after my my second comic con i went um to there was a uh, there was an x-men con no i don't think it was that early at some point in the uh in the mid to late 80s there was they had an x-men con and it was like uh all the people who would go to image later it was like mark, mark silvestri and jim lee and and uh, uh wills portasio and all these other places all these other people but i felt uh, Liefeld, but Wacky Pistachio couldn't make it because he was, um, I guess there was some death in his family and he was like, and, and they were, you know, originally it was billed as an X-Men con, but then I think right about then they were also um, starting Image and so they, they also were doing their, their Image stuff and uh, Pistachio did, did the, um, uh, was, I don't remember what his Image book was supposed to be, but uh, it was something that like, Maybe the first issue came out, or maybe it didn't. But you know, you, they, there was artwork out. There's like posters out, and uh, but he never showed. But um, for for his image book, yeah, I don't remember what it, what was what was wetworks. It wetworks, yeah, it seems so cool because, because the, there were so many posters, and they wizard would build it up, and I don't know how many covers it was on, and because that was about the time that I came back into comics, and there's 
um, Valiant was a big thing at the time, too. Yeah, I guess that was early but, 90s then. Yeah, it was early 90s, but it was Wetworks. Wetworks would be out soon. And then he was, he, yeah, he had a death in the family. And then something went wrong with the printers. And then he was doing something with his band. And when it finally came out, it was cool. But it was sort of like, you know, why did, why did it take five years? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I tried to, to watch, I tried to read something that he did recently. It was when, um, when Wildstorm was doing some sort of, uh, Wildstorm wide crossover and I read whatever his title was and it was so completely unreadable. I was like, what, what's going on in these pictures? Like each, each panel was beautiful. And I was like, wow, this is great art, but I have no idea what's happening in this story. Like I, I couldn't even follow it. I mean, it was, it was, it was awful. Well, that was typical image. How many, how many image books were beautiful? You looked at them and go, oh, God, these are fantastic, until you go to read them. And then you go to read them, and you're like, oh, my God, this is harder to understand than Chinese arithmetic. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and that's, that was the whole problem back then, I think. Um, so anyway, yeah, so, I, so, so those were pretty much my, my starter cons. Um, you know, and then so my, my second year of Comic-Con, and this is actually a good, good story of my second year. Um, so the first, the first year Chung's mom dropped, dropped us off and we hung out and it was great. You know, we, we went for one of the days and then, uh, the second year, uh, my friend Jason was in town and this is the same Jason who was on the podcast with us. Um, and, uh, oh, don't worry, we'll wait. Mexican jumping Jason. Did I feel bad saying that? Cause, but isn't that something to do with his name? No, no, that's, uh, that's Rob. Uh, no, I just feel racist. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what um, is this how to steal comics yeah, yeah. Uh, all right carl's back so anyway um uh so we went and we were like okay we didn't have we we all had about enough money to get in we were like well but that's not going to leave us any money to you know to get a drink or to uh to get anything to eat or to or to buy any comics so we're like okay we're gonna sneak in <laughs> and so uh so we would, uh, I think, I think that year I bought, I bought a pass and then like we would pass it back between each other and, uh, or, and then, yeah. Okay. So two of us bought passes. It was like me and either Jason or his brother, um, bought passes and then, you know, and then the other, we would let the other two in until we all got in. Um, you know, it was one of these, uh, I don't know, kind of shysty teenage things. <laughs> but anyway, so we did that that year. And then the following year uh, at the um, at the, the Civic Center, there was this upstairs that you could reach by some external stairs. So we went instead of I don't think we bought any passes at all. I think we just um, went up the outside stairs found a way into the panel rooms upstairs and then just climbed the stairs down to the inside to where we would, you know, then we were inside. <laughs> like That's not even impossible. sneaking in. That's just like walking in. Right. Well, it's kind of sneaking. Anyway, so we snuck in for essentially for the uh, the second and third cons that I ever was at. And then the the one after that, I think I started volunteering. And then I volunteered for years. Um, and technically you've been kind of sneaking people in by the 20s recently <laughs> but it's legit because we post shit like mad 
Um, sometimes weeks later. But we're going to end that. Dan. I apologize. We're going to end that. Um, I'm good now. I'm good. Right. Um, I'm more on the bottle now, like a real reporter. That's good. That's important. Yeah. Um, it's important to go to Comic-Con drunk because there's far. No, it's time. not. I have learned my lesson about that, even though I'm going to do it again this year and I do it every year. But I, it's so hot and uncomfortable and gross after like 10 minutes when you're just sweating booze at Comic-Con. Oh, well, see, I'm not a big fat guy like you, and so I don't sweat when I'm drinking. Oh, uh, you do when it's summer and you're just drinking bourbon at like 11 in the morning. Oh, uh, well, see, you're just doing it wrong because you just need needed a big... Uh, See, what I what I did a couple of years ago was I, I got a, um, uh, what do you call that, Jamba Juice, right? It's nice and cold. Ooh. Nice. And a little rum? A little rum? Uh, no, actually what I had was some flavored vodka. I just had, I just happened to have some in my truck. From the sorority party you're coming from? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It had been in this flask for uh, for a while. Well, and it's a pewter flask, too, so I'm sure it was poisoned pretty heavily with uh, with lead. Uh-huh. You, you kept it in a flask? Did you sneak it into Legally Bond, too? <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, I don't Sorry. Know what you mean. But anyway, so yeah, I, I uh, just ha- happened to have a flask, and I was like, yeah, this is going to go great with my little Jamba Juice breakfast here, and so that was... <clears throat> It makes these people, you know, easier to take. And in fact, back when the spaghetti factory was still open, which I understand it's reopened. Is that the case? Do you know anything about uh, that? I have no idea. I went downtown for the first time in like six months to go to a Padres game last week. Oh, uh, right on. Yeah. So anyway, supposedly the old spaghetti factory is back open again. And so uh, that might be a completely awesome place to do lunches while we're at con because it's at least back in the day. It was you could get like the, the cheapest item on the menu and have plenty of money for cocktails. Um, yeah, malt liquor. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I was, you know, I was getting like big uh, martinis, and you know, just a couple, a two martini lunch with a little plate of spaghetti, awesome. All right, let's just do that for a meeting every day. Let's okay. regroup there. All right, that'll be the plan then. Yeah, I need to figure out my way I'm going this year because every time I got to think of a new way, I always end up just p- waiting for an hour and paying to park. I don't know. Never mind. This is not a concern of the podcast listeners. Well, I mean, some people by transportation. Care. Well, no, but some- all right. Any anyone listening from North Park, uh, <laughs> email Dune at comicsonline dot com. Right. Um, actually, I, I have a suggestion. It's called. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of magical. Mm-hmm. Every um, let's see on the weekdays on on the third on the Wednesday and the Thursday and the Friday. Um, there's this, uh, this, this magical teleportation device that arrives every seven minutes. Um, it's called the number seven bus. I thought this is the seven go all the way down there. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know the buses here that well. I know the seven goes down from like here to like Balboa park and shit off university. Yeah. Well, yeah. The seven goes from right by your house all the way to, um, to, uh, Broadway and you can just walk from Broadway. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I, I was thinking of doing the uh, drive down to like uh, like south of Con and taking the orange line in. Oh fuck that, dude! You may as well just leave your car at home. Yeah, true, true, true. You know, and then you know we somebody somebody will give you a ride back. And well, the seven runs late anyway. It runs until like one thirty in the morning. Yeah, and you know I don't like to party. Whoop! Yeah. <laughs> you know I like being in bed with my girlfriend watching a movie by ten. Whoop! Yeah, 
I know how it goes. So, uh, so anyway, um, yeah, transportation is an issue for, for Comic-Con. I mean, you know, last year we were, I kind of had money to spend at the time because I had like inheritance to burn through, which I did quite successfully in an extraordinarily fast amount of time. Um, yeah, I was, (laughs) no, it was more like, uh, parking and, uh, you know, car rental and, and this hotel and that hotel and flights and various crap like that. But anyway, yeah, spent through a lot of money anyway. So, uh, yeah. So last year we would just go and drive down and we would pay, I think it's 20 bucks a day down, uh, by the main trolley station. Yeah. And we would just walk from there. All right, but there, you can get the normal like parking, even though it's a bitch, to drive in for like ten bucks there. I know, but it's always full. Yeah, no, it's yeah, full yeah. pretty damn early. I mean, unless you're unless you're just getting there at the crack of dawn, which you know it's not a bad idea to try that. That's uh, what I used to do. Yeah. Did you ever did did uh, did Comic City ever exhibit there while you were uh, the man? No, George George never did. To my knowledge, George only ever did one show, and that was something out at the Coronado Hotel. Oh God, I think it was the summer of '93. Oh, okay. So and he he, he, did, he did he, yeah he did he did some small thing out there. And as a matter of fact, we did did that show, and me and a couple guys helped him. And then that night there was the ball game. He he had a, a box at one of the at the Padres game. And we all went down there and got sloshed and ended up at Comic City. I remember George being drunk as hell going, hey, you want a die cut cover? And he'd pull some book off of the wall and rip it in half or cut holes in it or something. He goes, there, there's die cut. And here's one that's signed. And he's, you know, marking all over these image and, and valiant books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like George. What, are, what the hell is up with George? Have you spoken with him at all? No. I haven't I haven't seen him in years. He just when I used to, used to only see him when he come down to pick up pick up his wife's uh, dry cleaning at the store. Oh. He'd, he'd stop in once in a while, but a lot of times it was he wouldn't even stop in. He'd walk by the window and you know he might tap on it and wave as he was walking by. Yeah, he got really burnt out. The, I think that the the store kind of broke him. Well, he wasn't a comic guy. Yeah. For, for him, for him, it was a business. His dad collected comics, and his dad wasn't a comic guy. His dad was an investor, so he'd amassed all these comics. Mm-hmm. And in the hey, you know, in the early '90s, when they were worth a worth a fortune, George started selling them, right. and that's how they opened the store. And you know, so for him, it was a business. I mean, he read very few. Everything he got, he, that's why he depended on Mike and Shane. Right. Damn. Yeah, so back in the olden days, I used to work at Amazing Comics with Mike and Shane. Um, <clears throat> when I, in like 89, 90, 91, I think, was maybe into 92, I worked at Amazing Comics with those guys. And then uh, shortly thereafter, they started working, you know, after Amazing Comics started eating shit, then uh, they all went to, uh, to work for George, which was, which was good. And it was just good for them. Anyway, so... Uh, so yeah, Comic Con, source of strife, and uh, you know, 
various uh, Christmas. What's that? Comic Con is like Christmas in the summer. It is like Christmas in the summer. It's it's been you know it's been a way of life for for me for you know ever since the first time I went. Um, you know when I was twelve, and then you know by the time I was well. I guess when I was either 15 or 16, I started doing the, um, uh, the volunteering and I was, uh, I would go and I, I, for a while there, I, I got to do pro reg. And so I would, I would meet all these, I didn't really meet them, but I handed them their bags, you know, um, <laughs> but you know, I would see them close up. Oh, Hey, you're, you know, so-and-so, you know, and I would, you know, get to hand them their badge and hand them their bag. And, you know, and that's how today, that's the reason today I can recognize people who, you know, normally aren't all that recognizable. Yeah. I always wonder that. Yeah. Um, because you know, I was the guy handing them that they were, they would say. Letterers are not celebrities. Right. Hey, you know. <laughs> There are some. Um, And that guy makes a mean cue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Hey, but what's his name? Uh, God damn. See, normally I get... I I seriously have some nominal aphasia, I think. You know, that's that's a word that I can remember that means that I can't remember words. Um, Nice, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... uh, Oh God! What is that fucking guy's name? The guy who lettered Sandman, and has lettered a gazillion other things. But that's that's one of the big things because he did so many different styles of lettering in that series. Um. Anyway, that dude is lettered for a gazillion years, and you know he was like my hero. I, I lettered a comic. Todd Klein. Todd Klein. Thank you, Todd Klein. I met him once. And Thanks. Yeah. Told him that I was a big fan. You know all that. But um, yeah, one fanboy, fanboy. Yeah, one one year I, I I went I went as a pro as a letterer. <laughs> I shit you not. That was one year. You know, I didn't um I didn't go. I'm lettering the X Men right now. What are you talking about? You don't know who I am. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that. I posted panels and shit. Yeah, no, literally, I was I went as as a letterer. I got paid. I was a pro. I got paid a hundred bucks to letter this comic called uh the repo man yeah. i remember that do you remember that did i show did i yeah did I, yeah so um it was uh it went two issues i read it i lettered the first issue they they commissioned my friend chris um to uh to do the art um and uh it had you know it was just all black and white and we just we we pumped it out in like two weeks. This entire this I don't know twenty twenty four thirty two something like that page comic in two weeks. Did all the they they gave us the they gave us the plot and some script that was really awful. Um, I went and this was ninety. Uh, Would have had to have been ninety one. Um, this uh, there was these two repo guys. They were real life repo men, and they they wanted to tell their story, but just kind of superhero it up a little bit. And so they uh, they had their fictionalized versions of themselves, but uh, recounting uh, a uh, slightly uh, you know improved version of uh, stories, you know real life stories of of their repo adventures. 
So, uh, so Chris drew this and, uh, and I went and rescripted it. Um, but they, uh, they would throw out my script all the time. And I was like, dude, your script sucks. No, you know, it doesn't, your, your grammar is horrible. Um, look, you know, it's like, Hey, we get the point. We'll, we'll go and include the quotes where, you know, where applicable, but your, uh, your, uh, they had, they had a bit of, um, uh, mental dialogue, whatever you want to call that. Um, uh, mental monologue. How about that? Anyway, uh, that they, that was overrunning the, the whole story, you know, telling the story and it was just awful. And so I, I fixed it for them. And eventually I just kind of start, started ignoring them and, you know, and just, that's what I lettered, you know, and they, you know, they would cry about it, but I was like, dude, yours sucks so bad. Um, but anyway, it was fun. And, uh, we, 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 I, I quit my job at, um, Burger King. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I was 19 and I quit my job at Burger King to, uh, to finish this comic. Um, but you know, I had two other jobs at the time, so it wasn't a big loss. But, um, yeah, good times. Good times. I think Dune is completely off the podcast. Where did he go? Damn it, Dune. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, it was, it, it was it was fun. So we did. So anyway, so I went to I went to the the Comic Con with a badge that said Letterer. But the thing is, you know, so I got this pro badge. You know, I went to uh, my friend who had worked there and and said, hey, you know, give me a pro badge because I'm a Letterer now. I'm totally legit. And you know, she knew of it, and I was, and she was like, okay, but. You know, and they didn't put letterer on it, so I, I so I hand lettered letterer on, on it, but I did the worst job ever, so I looked like a complete ass. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, that was fun. I didn't see Todd Klein that year, but I did see Danny Vazo and, and got him to to uh, sign one of my Sandman comics. He was the colorist back in the day. You, you remember when Sandman was really shittily colored? Um, you know, before they recolored it. before they recolored it for the for the big hardbacks, yeah, um, that was it was from that guy. Oh, sweet! But in his defense, you know that's that's the, the style that he was only given crayons to work with. Well, you know that was the style back. <laughs> that, that was the style that he was told to to do, and so that's what he did. And you know, this was before based he, off the beauty of make it a little darker version of Watchmen. That's some beautiful coloring. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, you know, and they, they they weren't doing it on a um, on a computer back in the no you know, back then. They did, well, I mean, but that that to me is a huge excuse. I mean, it's not like they were going and and doing some full color. Um, there were no gradients. There were no gradients. There were no those annoying gradients they had like eight years ago and then switched over. Right. So anyway. I remember when they first started doing everything all computer. And, yeah. and the gradients just weren't right, and it looked all awkward always, especially like when they tried to make metal look all like realistic. Yep, or or people's skin tones would suddenly jump from one color, color to the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was great. So, um, yeah, so then uh, it wasn't until... So I, I, I would just beg off of friends who worked there um, for a while after I, I, I pretty much stopped actually working for there for uh for comic-con for a few years and just would beg off of friends 
um, who worked there for free, free passes. And so I did that until I want to say 96 when I started actually working with them again, like I got free passes and then people would say, Hey, you know, I would just hang I was hanging out with Anna Marie and, um, the guy she was working for, um, <clears throat> who was the, uh, the special events coordinator, uh, Rick and, or, you know, Richard and Richard, um, mm-hmm you know, was throwing the parties, right? So he was throwing the Eisner Award party and he was throwing the Saturday party and he was throwing whatever the hell was going on on Thursday as well. And, uh, you know, it was like, uh, so, I, so I did a little bit of work with them one year just because, you know, I wasn't registered as a volunteer or anything. I just kind of hung out and helped out. And then um, the following year, which was 97, yeah, I... Um, I was, you know, full fledged on their team type of thing and, and went and and helped out with the, the Thursday benefit to, uh, there's a Thursday party that was a, uh, an auction benefit for the San Diego council on literacy, which is pretty cool. And then the Friday thing was a, um, uh, the, the, the Eisner party, which was awesome. Um, actually there was a, there was a Wednesday thing too at, at uh which was a sin city party um at uh at dick's last resort like we took over the whole outside um that was pretty fun and then um and then the saturday party on that year in 97 was the 20th anniversary of star wars and so that in my opinion was the best the best party that comic-con has ever thrown that comic-con itself has ever thrown um other people said that the following year, I uh, I threw the uh, the Blade premiere party, and people were telling me that, telling me that that was the best one. But I was, I'm thinking that they didn't go to the Star Wars one if that was the case, because I think that Star Wars one was definitely the best because they had like the the new Star Wars whatever the new Star Wars video game was that year. Um, you know, they had demos of that that people could play, and you know, they had DJs and they had every you know it was pretty it was a pretty big deal. But anyway, the following year, '98, I was the um, uh, I was a special events coordinator um, because uh, Richard didn't want to do it anymore, and Anna Marie decided to bail and stop doing special events and do uh, pro reg from there. Um, and so, let's see. Uh, so I, I pretty much followed Richard's um, plan. And did a uh, did a benefit party on the Thursday, which which was slightly more successful than his. We did uh, uh, we had the uh, ElfQuest. I don't know what year anniversary that was, ten or twenty, whatever it was um, that year, and and that was a big deal. Um, we had the 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 pennies out there, and um, Marv Wolfman was there as well because he was working with Wendy Penny on a um, on a, they were doing an animated ElfQuest that year. Um, I don't know if it, I don't think it ever actually came out. They were they were trying to do a cartoon of it, but I don't think it actually ever made it. But um, that was pretty cool. And then uh, we did a um, uh, we did the post Eisner party with um, what the hell was that band? Um, Hot Rod Lincoln 
that was that was in the back in the day, you know, ninety eight. So this was uh, uh, what the hell is that dancing called? Swing, swing. Thanks. Yeah, it was swing. Yeah, so was swing was in full swing. Swing, <laughs> swing. And so uh, and so that was a big deal. And so we had we had Hot Rod Lincoln. There's a ton of people who loved it. Um, I personally, uh, you know, I like the music and all, but it, it didn't seem to be as successful as the previous year. I mean, I think people were as much turned away by the the loud swing music as they were uh, interested in dancing to it. Um, you know, as others were interested in staying and dancing, but, uh, and so we did that at the hotel, at the, the Hyatt. And then we, um, and then on the Saturday we did the, um, the blade premiere party and we had, um, some of the members of the cast and we had, uh, uh, you know, some of the people from who put that out. Sony. I can't even remember now. Oh, new line, new line, put that out. Um, and so the the new line people came out and they were really nice to us and gave us a ton of posters. They we, they gave us the 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 vinyl banner style posters. I, I still have one of them, and um, and you know it was it was a big challenge and it was uh, it was that year that I finally decided you know what I am never doing this again because the person who was <laughs> ab- well you know the person who was above me. Um, and I guess I'm just really just not going to even name names because, you know, I think I'm better than that, uh, was, was just kind of, uh, using me as like the, the, the whipping boy, you know, you know, not to feel sorry for myself, but you know, even 11 years later or whatever it is. Yeah. Like 11 years later, I'm like, you know what? She was fucked up. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, I was like, I was constantly like in trouble with the, uh, with the, with the people who ran the place. And I'm like, look, you didn't give me enough budget to do what you told me I needed to do. So what the fuck am I supposed to do? You know? And, you know, I would get calls that like, you know, and so I was, I was meant to stick with the, with what was going on until, until they were finished, like Hot Rod Lincoln didn't finish loading out until like four in the morning. You know, they, you know, they took a long time getting, you know, getting their, their truck up there and getting all of their equipment out. And then the, uh, the company that did the lights, um, took a while to get all their equipment out, you know, getting, got everything broke down, got the stage broken down, got all their stuff out. I was meant to stay there the whole time. And yet, you know, and physically help out with them, you know, and then the next morning it was like, I don't know, 830 in the morning, something like that, maybe later. And uh, I got this woman calling me saying, where the fuck are you? You should be down here. I'm like, dude, I was up until four in the morning. <laughs> She's like doing shit for her. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't have a, I don't have an event until, you know, nobody even shows up for my event until like six, you know, what is your damage? And, uh, and she was just constantly pissed off at me and, you know, she was pissed off that I didn't order enough food. I'm like, look, I ran out of budget. You knew this. I told you I needed more budget. And so they like, they're like, oh, well then I guess we'll just have to allocate more budget to it now. And so then they ordered more popcorn. Um, <laughs> 
for the uh, for the, the single cheapest food on the planet. Right, because well, because ordering from you know because when you're at the convention center, you have to you have to buy stuff from there, and uh, you know, and the trick is if you want to um, if you want to sell alcohol and have underage people there, you have to also serve food. And so they had uh, they had a couple of those carts, you know, f- you know, for pay. But you also, for whatever reason, you have to uh, offer food for free. And so, you know, we had originally we were going to have, uh, you know, the the vegetable trays and fruit trays and in crack- cheese and crackers trays. But then they were like, oh, no, you're way over budget. And I was like, well, that's what you did last year. And so they were like, oh, hell no. And I was like, uh, chips and salsa, that's what's next on the list. And they're like, okay, we can do that. But then popcorn, just get loads of popcorn. I was like, okay, great. That's what we'll do. And so <laughs> and so that's what we did. But then, you know, these these popcorn stands would run out of popcorn and just be like, okay, well, if, if you guys aren't buying anymore, we're packing up. And, uh, and so it was, you know, it was ugly. And they were just completely furious with me for not having ordered more. And I'm like, dude, we ran out of money. You know, it's like the, the, uh, I got one DJ for 150 bucks and he brought all of his, his lighting and all of his gear himself. Um, in fact, he did it, he did it for a, uh, for a PlayStation one. <laughs> That's what he did it for. He's like, he's like, I don't want any money. I want a PlayStation. My wife won't let me buy one. As a friend of mine that I used to work with. He's like, my wife won't let me buy a PlayStation. Give me a PlayStation and I will uh, and I will DJ for you. And I was like, great, that's what we'll do. And so, you know, instead of being thrilled, they were like, oh, my God, we got to do that. I'm like, dude, come on. You're getting a DJ for four hours, you know, for whatever it was, 150 bucks or something like that. And then the other DJ cost an arm and a leg. He was like a thousand bucks or something like that. And then, you know, the lighting, you know, the, the, they had these uh, this lighting company that was great. This guy who, who ran it was fantastic. I wish I could remember his name so I could pimp him. But, uh, he, uh, he gave, he donated half of his normal, you know, what he would, he would normally charge, um, right back to the, to Comic-Con, you know, because, you know, it's one of these 501 C three charities basically, um, to where he can get a tax write off. And so he, you know, he only took half the money, um, that he normally would have taken. And so, and the funny thing was, it didn't seem like I was, I, you know, it seemed like I was doing more with less money than they spent the previous year, but they were just furious with me the whole time. You know, and I was having to make up shit. Like I made a booth where it was like, do, do you remember the, the blade, um, his, uh, his little throwing blade that he had that would go, it was like a, like a glaive from crawl type of thing. Xena? Yeah, like a Xena thing. <laughs> practically. But it was Full like, circle. Yeah, right around. Brought it back around. Um, so anyway, there was foam ones of those. And so uh, so we, we made it we made it so uh, we we got one of the posters, you know, it's one of these vinyl posters and we uh, we had people throw the the sponge blade at Blade's head, and if they hit Blade, then they got a Blade comic book. Blade. Blade, yeah. And so it was, you know, but then the funny thing was, we had this huge line, and people really wanted to play this game, and I'm like, really? This seems really lame to me. 
Um, but people loved it. You know, we had the hip hop DJ and we had the house DJ and, you know, it was a good time. What the fuck? But they were just angry with me the whole time. Oh, and another funny thing was they called me one, uh, on the Friday morning. She calls me furious saying, Marv Wolfman's here and, uh, and he doesn't have his artwork. And plus, um, Richard said he, that you gave away, um, all the, the Penny's artwork their original artwork and i'm like i'm like no i didn't she's like yes you did i'm like no well first of all marv wolfman stuff is to, is uh is, is completely safe and i already gave the pennies back their their original artwork i made full-size copies of it because there were these big uh cutouts that i'm or like stand standees of uh of the uh what are they called uh of the elf quest characters right so I had like I don't know three or four characters of the you know the main the main characters of that story um, made stand-ups of them. It was pretty cool. Um, you know they were black and white. It wasn't color or anything, but they uh, they gave me um, these big banners of them. Uh, you know, just paper printouts basically, um, and said, "Here, you know, we want these back, but you can use these if you want." And I was like, "Okay, great." What are you whispering about? Why? Is, wh- <laughs> uh, yeah, so popsicles. Yes. Um, so anyway, so the, so I I went to Kinko's downtown, down at like Sixth uh, and C or wherever it is, and got got these full size copies made, and actually blew them up a little bit and maxed out their size, and then and then had them mounted to foam core. And then cut them out and made the standees and gave them back the originals. Well, I didn't give them to whoever it was that was calling, saying, "Hey, where's where's our stuff?" So I guess I guess Richard, who wasn't really the guy anymore, but he he was the MC for the for the giveaway, um, uh, told my boss that uh, yeah, well, Kevin gave those away last night. And so she's just furious with me, and I'm like, "Look, they've already got they've already got their artwork back. They just, you know, they need to ask the people, you know, whoever." It was. Then you stole them because it was double jeopardy, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I almost wanted to, and then uh, you know, and as far as Marv Wolfman had some, he, he had some original cell art, right? And that was a big deal, um, you know, for this uh, animated project that they were doing. And so I had that well hidden in the uh, in the equipment room, um, and so you know there I was like, look, it's in the equipment room. She's like, no, I looked. It's not in the equipment room. I'm like, look, it's there. Believe me. She's like, no, you are. You know, you're gonna pay for it if you. You know. And she was flipping out. And so I uh, I went, walked straight to it, picked it up, and said, here it is. And then she takes. <laughs> and then she takes it from me. And gives it to, to to Marv Wolfman. And Did she explain to him it was in plain sight? No. It wasn't in yeah. plain sight. It was well hidden. And I told her this. And I told her exactly where it was. And she was like, no, it's not there. Oh, my God. And uh, and so, anyway, it was a it was an ugly scene. And, uh, and ever, you know, ever since then, I just kind of thought, you know, if this is what it's like to be a, uh, a volunteer for this organization, then... I'm not going to be a volunteer for this organization. 
And, and it so, was in the nineties, so you're like, screw it, I'll pay the thirty bucks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> After all that. Well, no, I was like, screw it, you know, I can still get a ticket from from Anna Marie. <laughs> um, until a couple of years ago, when I accidentally paid, um, accidentally on purpose, I lazily paid. Let me put it to you that way. Um, I hadn't paid since that very first year. Um, you know, it was like a, a point of pride for me. I was like, no, I've never paid to go there. I'll never pay. And then I was like, I was there with Jason and he was like, dude, let's just go pay. You know, quit fucking around trying to get free tickets. Let's just go pay. And I was like, okay, fine. And then the next day I got press passes and I was like, oh yeah, I, I do run this website. At the, at the time it was Carl's website. Um, anyway, so, uh, so, so two years later, so I, so there was this just bad blood and I was just fucking angry about it. And, uh, you know, cause I, you know, I really felt that I was just treated really shittily and, you know, and really in, in retrospect, yeah, I was really treated shittily. Um, but, uh, then two years later I went and, uh, was, you know, the antithesis of, of nomad and went and um uh there was a guy who was stealing shit um and i was out on the back patio during the the saturday party and there was this guy with this big um you know 40, 40 gallon trash bag full of stuff and he uh some girl caught him trying to steal this uh purse and they were having like a little tug of war over this purse and i was like what the fuck and so i started walking over and uh, and he finally let go once he saw people were walking toward him. He finally let go and uh, and cruised off. But then you know I kept seeing him there. And uh, eventually it, he I saw him. Uh, you know I, I went and uh, you know so I just started following him. And eventually I saw him steal another purse um, inside under the sails. And then but but by then I had uh, the security watching him because uh my wife or you know my ex-wife um was there too and she went and got security for me and uh and we went and caught the guy stealing another purse and uh you know i went and, and went took it all the way through to where uh um i went to his hearing and I guess, you know, they, they, I was going to go and, and testify and everything, but uh, it turns out that he, he pled uh, no contest, and, you know, that was that. So they didn't need me. But, uh, you know, it was after that that, you know, I went and, and talked to the, um, uh, you know, a few of the, the people who were above my, my previous job there. Whatever that is, your, 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 um, your popsicle is really loud. Yeah, so that was kind of a little bit of redemption on my part, saying, hey, you know, I really am a good guy after all. Look, I caught this guy who stole not only a purse from, from a, a convention goer, but also a ton of stuff. Like, he stole some, uh, like, a light and some and and some random electronics. Like, he, he stole, like, a couple of radios and a light and some other shit from the, uh, uh, from the masquerade. Like somehow he got into the dressing room and stole some people's shit. Like he stole stole like a cell phone and 
just a bunch of shit, whatever he can get in, get his hands on that was in the dressing room. And, uh, and he was carrying it around and still hanging out at the party and still eating the food and stuff. The guy was ballsy. Indeed. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, that was episode Kabillion. <laughs> so anyway, so this year ought to be even more awesome. And perhaps at, at some point, even closer, we can recount the, uh, the joy that was last year. That was, that was pretty exciting. Overall, we can tell a Stan Lee story again. What Stan Lee story? Last year, when oh, you missed out on on meeting Stan Lee with us, Nomad saw Stan Lee. We were at the um, may as well just tell now. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm gonna go. I had to walk the dog and stuff. All right, see ya. All right, I'll see you later. Bye, Carl. Later. I'm gonna wait for him to drop. So what's the Stan Lee story? Um, so we, we got invited to the Activision party. And, you know, which was really cool. And uh, when we go up, and there was actually kind of a lot of us there. Um, it was me and Julie and Ken and Nomad and Nomad Son and Alex and Matt. And so we all go up, and it seemed like there was somebody else, too. Oh, Nomad's wife. Um, and we, we all show up for this party. And we go up, and we're talking with the, um, one of the lead designers, I think, for the game. And Kendrick is actually going through and, um, and playing the game and, you know, and learning how to, uh, to fight on the wall and stuff. And it's kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden, Nomad comes back from the bathroom. He's like, dude, Stan Lee. I'm like, where? He's like, right, follow me. So I get up and follow Nomad over by the bathroom, and Stan Lee's coming out of the bathroom with his, <laughs> with, with his entourage. So he's got like, I don't know, he's got like four people with him. And so, uh, so he passes us, and I, you know, I, he just walks right past me. I'm like, holy shit, Stan Lee. He walks past, past me and Nomad's like, dude, see, see? And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And so he goes and sits down and we just kind of follow him to where he's sitting. And, uh, and you know, he sits down and I was like, and we were like, hey, you know, can we, can we get a word with him? And so they, they let us. And so first um, uh, Nomad goes and, and talks to him and, and says how, you know, you know, how awesome it, it is. And uh, we get a couple of photos with Nomad with Stan Lee. And then I go... Um, and, uh, and I go and I get that, that video that you, that used to be up on the site. Um, and, you know, and that was pretty, you know, before that, you know, I was just basically, you know, gushing about how thrilled I was that Stan Lee made Spider-Man, et cetera, you know, just the normal fanboy shit, right? What else are you going to say, right? It's fucking Stan Lee, dude. And so, uh, and then Matt comes up right after me and talks to him, you know, basically the same sort of thing. And, uh, you know, and at, at that point, his, his handlers are like, all right, no more. Let, let the man eat because he's sitting there trying to eat his sliders. And, uh, and that was it, you know. And uh, so we were the only people to get a, get a little interview with Stan Lee at the, uh, the Spider-Man Web of Shadows uh, launch party. Sweet. It was rather sweet. 
I have no cool stories. Yeah. Yeah, I got more stories, but those are those are my big stories for Comic-Con. I guess that wraps it up for this week. Season 9, Episode 14 of the Comics Online Podcast. For Dune Murderous and Carl, I'm Kevin Goswan. And for everything geek pop culture, this is Comics Online. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast, especially Nomad, are those of each participant themselves and do not necessarily represent those of Comics Online, any other participants, or any employers, past, present, or future of any participant, or anyone else in the world, living or dead. If you would have thought otherwise without hearing this disclaimer... Maybe you're a stupid fucking retard and should probably stop punching yourself in the face only long enough to immediately and permanently log off the internet, delete all podcasts of any kind from all of your equipment, and never ever attempt to view, read or listen to grown-up talk involving sarcasm for any reason ever again, okay? Or maybe you're instead one of the other 99%, our smart and good-looking fans who appreciate foul language and biting sarcasm as well as everything geek pop culture, even when it's delivered by a robotic voice like mine. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for the Comics Online podcasters, we invite you to post in our forums at comicsonline.com or visit us on MySpace or Facebook, or you can simply email us at podcast at comicsonline.com. Peace outward to your mother box.